What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Triggered. We're here for episode number 79 with our favorite and most special guest, Katie Pavlich. I'm back. <laughs> she's Thanks, back. guys. And she's back from her overseas trip with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Yeah. And uh, how was the trip? It was awesome. So uh, last week on Sunday night, I left, went to the State Department, got picked up in the vans with yeah. the other peeps. And we uh, went over to Joint Base Andrews and mm-hmm. hung out for a little while and then boarded the plane. And it just was amazing. It was such an incredible experience. One of, the, I think, the most amazing experiences of my career. It was just really awesome to be able to travel in a way that you're representative of not just your media outlet, but also the country, Right. Um, which was really cool. So we started out in going to Finland because Secretary Pompeo, which I know you guys were talking about last week on your podcast, <laughs> um, was participating in the um, Arctic Council annual meeting. Mm-hmm. And it was just very interesting that you know, we were the United States were the only ones publicly, at least, um, warning about China and Russia's aggression in the region. And China keeps calling itself a near Arctic region or, or country, mm-hmm. rather. <laughs> and like, they're not, yeah, not even either, close. You're either yeah. an Arctic country or you're not. Yeah. And they're just not. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. They're not an Arctic country. So, no. but Russia and China are working together to kind of figure out how to stake out some territory up there and how to take advantage of a number of the resources that they have. So that was, it was interesting to, to see those meetings happen. Um, Pompeo met with Lavrov as well from Russia. The I think he's the, his official title is foreign minister. And it was just really interesting and, and good. I mean, it was really cool to be running from meeting to meeting and covering what they were doing. And from there, we <laughs> were supposed to go to Germany. Took a quick yeah. pop into... Uh, <laughs> they canceled that and didn't tell us where we were going until we got on the plane and wheels were up. And they said that we were going to Baghdad <laughs> <laughs> for a surprise trip. Quick change of scenery. So, Disney uh, World Baghdad. That was pretty cool. So we took about six hours, seven hours to fly from Finland down to Baghdad. Landed, had lots of turbulence on the way the mm-hmm. way down and then we were only there for about four hours and couldn't leave the base but that was really cool to see all the guys who were still there and i could just kept just thinking about all of my friends who had either worked there in the capacity of um for the government whether it was the treasury department the department of justice setting up the elections in iraq mm-hmm. um after saddam hussein fell setting up their new supreme court really setting up their government and then friends who who served there in the military and guys who are still over there doing a lot of that that stuff, special forces guys and that kind of thing. So it just took me back to, you know, we are still at war in a lot of ways that we don't right. realize. And, you know, we need to be there because there's still, ISIS is still around in some ways. The caliphate has been defeated, but, you know, they still have a lot to do in terms of the Iraqi government kind of consolidating the remaining factions and figuring out what to do with the remaining prisoners and then of course the reason we were there was because of the iranian threat right and the united states is trying to get the iraqi government to consolidate the militias that they have there the iranian militias that continue to cause problems and to work as you know proxies against american interests which includes american troops who are there and also um, the iraqi government and iraqi assets as well so it was a an interesting trip to to see him you know, he went, came uh, on the plane when we left, which we weren't allowed to tell anybody where we were until we left because of security reasons. And right. then an Iraqi government official screwed us over. Um, <laughs> Classic. <laughs> like, nice. Like two year, it took like two hours to get the story out because we had to get back on the plane and get in the air first. But anyway, Pompeo came back on the plane to talk about the Iranian threat and said that you didn't get too specific, but he just said it was credible. And then the Department of Defense backed that up. 
them and that they were there to reestablish our support for and reinforce our support for the Iraqi government and the sovereignty of this of the country. So mm-hmm. really interesting flying in there. And then we went to the UK where he had a, a bunch of meetings, you know, wish Theresa May good luck on Brexit. <laughs> took, took a di- diplomatic, She's going to need it. Took a, yeah, exactly. Took a diplomatic stance on that and said, well, you know, we'll support whatever outcome they can come up with. And then he gave the Margaret Thatcher series lecture which i wore my cowboy boots in solidarity with ronald reagan and margaret thatcher <laughs> nice. nice so it was it was a really interesting um trip and i think we got a lot of really good stories out of it and uh it was really cool to just see everything up close and personal and mm-hmm. i was just very impressed by the way that the um staff the press staff at the state department handled everything i mean they went out of their way to make sure that we had as much access as we possibly could and mm-hmm. were you know throwing us into motorcades so we could get to where we were going to get the pictures that the camera guys needed you know, for the the networks and that kind yeah. of thing, and the pool reporters who were there getting them, you know, the information that they needed and, and the the timing and all of that. So I just thought that they really did a good job logistically of yeah. making sure everything was ready to go. And they don't have to do that. You know, you could say, well, they're just doing their job. But the way that they made sure that everybody had what they needed, I thought was really impressive. Yeah. Who? Uh, what other outlets were yeah. there with you? So there was the Associated Press, <laughs> Breitbart, me, the Wall Street Journal. NBC News and then two crew guys for NBC News. So two mm. two like videographers and yeah, they were getting the video and a sound guy. Yeah. So um, there were five of us total, and it was you know four print reporters, mm-hmm. print reporters, digital reporters. Right, right. You know what I mean? So and then the three of them were doing pool reporting, which right, it's a lot of work. So I yeah. admire them for doing that. But yeah, it was just it was great. We're in the back of the plane. You know, Pompeo usually only takes four reporters mm-hmm. and they've opened up two new seats on the plane for more new media which i think is great mm-hmm. so we'll see what opportunities present themselves in the future but for now this was i think great for us and got a lot of good reporting out of it and multimedia reporting so yeah absolutely good. and guys yeah. with secretary pompeo now yeah in brussels and right. on their quick stop over before heading to sochi where secretary pompeo is going to meet with president putin right so that's going to be interesting well, and all yeah. the stories are already written right like this is it's going to appease Putin, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And one thing last week when we had our surprise trip to Baghdad, nobody, this is before anybody knew where we were going. And President Obama's former ambassador yes. to Russia was saying that we were going to Russia, like mm-hmm. as a matter of fact. Yeah. And we weren't. We went to Baghdad. Yeah. And then he didn't delete it. Uh, and then he did delete it, but he didn't correct it. Uh, so he made up this whole thing about how. The Secretary of State was going to meet with Putin to appease Putin, even though he just met with Lavrov the day before. Mm-hmm. And it was just so irresponsible for and a how former rich ambassador to say that. Yeah. Right? How rich I mean, is it that an Obama administration official yeah. who let Russia do right. whatever they, they wanted, wanted to do and will have more flexibility after yep. the election and they take part of Ukraine and they yeah. do nothing. Right. And they're going to criticize they about the election. They exactly. do nothing when they go into Syria. Yeah. Nothing. Yep. Yeah, I so, gave up that in the Middle yep. East, which is done forever now. Yeah. Exactly. So, and so. what are your what are your thoughts on the whole Iran situation? Because it's it seems to be escalating pretty quickly. Um, you know, I don't know if it's it certainly feels that way, but I also feel like the United States, for the first time in a long time, is being offensive mm-hmm. on Iran, whereas under Obama, it was all defensive and embarrassing. Uh, situations like when the Iranians took our troops hostage on their mm-hmm. boat and videotaped yeah. them on their knees. And yeah. I mean, that was insane. Yeah. Was so bad. I think that it, you know, it certainly feels like things are ramping up and they say that, you know, the, the Iranians have essentially given the green light for their proxies to attack American interests, whether that be 
civilians or U.S. troops stationed in Iraq or in other places. You know, mm-hmm, their mm-hmm. proxies in Hezbollah and Hamas. So it, it does feel like an escalation, but I think it's also just us being smart about being on the offensive, especially with the timing right now, with the one-year anniversary of pulling out of the nuclear agreement. That's why it kind of feels like things are getting heated up. But I think that this administration is is on the offense and saying, you know, we're not going to put up with you guys doing something first and us just responding. We're going to be right. out in front of it. Uh, and that's why they've moved the carriers and they've moved certain you know weapon systems to send a message before something happens. So mm-hmm. as a deterrent uh, and saying that we're not messing around. And I think we've seen results of that over the last two years. I mean, during Obama, the Obama administration, the Iranian ships would harass our, our ships constantly, all the time. Yeah, constantly. Yeah, they joke. would get really close to them. And, the, the, you know, like I just said, yeah. the time that they actually took over the, yeah. you know, an entire ship of soldiers and took them captive and oh, made, yeah. made they, that one woman, the one female soldier wear a hijab. And if like I was in charge, stuff. I would have blown them out of the water just for that. Well, and I think <laughs> Trump's told them that. Yeah. And he said, if you do that to us under yeah. my administration, we will blow you out of and the water. And same thing with the harassment of the ships. The, the Russian right. rules of engagement. Yeah. You come close to our ships, right. you're done. And I think that they know yeah. that. Yeah. And so that. this is their way of continuing that well, then, kind of aggression towards them in order to prevent them from doing embarrassing, ridiculous things to us. This morning, yeah. we heard on the radio, on the way in, we were listening to Fox News Radio, and they, apparently some commander of the Revolutionary Guard was uh-huh. like, oh, now more targets for us that they've moved into the Middle East. I'm like, please try yeah, this. I, I would love to see you try. Listen, yeah. just because you put a 50 caliber machine gun on a Boston whaler yeah. doesn't yeah. mean that you can attack, uh, you know. And I mean, I've, I've said it plenty of times and I'll reiterate it again. I've been waiting for a chance to take these people out. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you it's, know what? <laughs> it's a complicated situation. Yeah. The stakes are high. It's been, but, what, 45 years now since the revolution? Yeah. Or maybe yeah. more? It's, and, so. you know, they're at a breaking point now with their economy yes. and yeah. the way that things are going. And, you know, the Iranians joke about, or not joke, but they say, they give this like ultimatum about blackmail, basically. Well, in 60 days, if you don't do X, Y, and Z, we're going to restart our nuclear program, hmm. which they claimed they couldn't do because they got rid of all of their plans. And then the Israelis last year went into Iran and pulled out all of that, yeah. you know, that, that, was that awesome. intelligence. From, that was yeah. insane. That was the most insane feat ever. Yeah. And it showed that they obviously have intentions of waiting out the Iran nuclear deal and then using the same plans that they've had yep. to start over. So this idea that they're now trying to blackmail this, you know, the cowardly and, you know, how do I say this in the, a, the appropriate in, way? The infidels? <laughs> the, well, no, just, the, you know, the Europeans who are never willing to actually take a stand on these oh, kinds yeah. of things. Yeah, you're trash. Well, the thing are, is, who anyone... are now setting up other channels to pay Iran without engaging in U.S. sanctions. Right. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And now it's like Iran's taking advantage of them and saying, we're going to blackmail you and restart our nuclear program unless you start doing what we want to do in the next 60 days, which is absurd. Which anyone with half a brain saw that yeah. coming. Right. I, mean, I mean, we knew when the deal yeah. was happening as it is. Right. You know, I mean, I mean, with John Kerry yeah. falling off his bicycle, couldn't yeah. even do that. Right. <laughs> and even after it was signed, German intelligence was like, Iran is still trying to acquire banned missile Mm-hmm. Right. Parts, so mm-hmm. I mean, because, come on. because the nuclear agreement didn't address ballistic missiles at yeah. all. Yeah, which oh, yeah. is crazy. That was something that Kerry seeded. Right, that was something they were like, <laughs> yeah. oh, we just won't deal with Here, that part. Let's give you the delivery device yeah. so right. that eventually, you know. That was one but part just that don't they just put didn't put nukes deal with. in there. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah just, <laughs> that, you can have these ballistic yeah. missiles, just don't put a warhead yeah. on the top of it. Like, yeah. it's mm-hmm. so ridiculous. So, anyway. start the John Kerry body count. Do you, um, do you remember? Oh, do you remember the uh, what's it called when we when we gave them the ransom, the 150 billion ransom for the the four Americans, and then everyone's like, "Well, they're gonna just gonna spend that on terrorism, like Hezbollah." Oh, yeah. And they're like, and yeah. Carrie's like, "Well, 
They're not supposed to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and what's his name at the White House? The former press secretary, Jay Carney. Mm, no, yeah. no, it wasn't Jay Carney. Ernest? It was Ernest. Josh yeah. Ernest oh, was gosh. asked directly about where this money was going and if it was going to terrorism. He said, yeah. he said, yeah, it might. Yeah. From the podium. That's great. Yep. Obama funds terrorism. <laughs> like, yeah, there it you might, go. but whatever. And I think people need to remember why Iran matters. Because people are like, why do we care so much? Mm-hmm. Hezbollah killed more Americans than any other terrorist organization before 9-11 yeah, that's than true. Al-Qaeda. It is, it, it is more is responsible for hundreds, if not thousands, of American yeah. deaths. They've yep. actively killed our troops in Iraq. Yeah. We know guys who have been blown up by yeah. Iranian bombs. Yeah, I was about um, to say, there's vets here who still have yeah. pieces of Iranian shrapnel Iranian, in them exactly. from their right. IEDs. Exactly. Yeah. So. They, they actively support terrorism in yep. Gaza and the West Bank to go after Americans. Yeah. And, they've killed Americans yeah. in Israel. And they're completely running that civil war in Syria. All right. the generals are there. Exactly. So, so it, it matters for a lot of reasons because yeah. I know that there are questions about why why does yeah. it, you know, they're why ten- are we so intent yeah. on Iran? Well, there's plenty of reasons yeah. to be intent on yeah. Iran. Yep, they evil, should have been years evil ago. tentacles reach far yeah. from Tehran. It should have been years ago. Including to Venezuela, yeah. which is a whole other topic. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, yeah, quickly on Venezuela before we move on. Yeah. So, what what do you think? It, it kind of has reached a little low. So, I talked <laughs> to Senator Marco Rubio on mm-hmm. Friday, and we had a thirty minute conversation. It was awesome. He was only supposed to give me ten minutes, and he gave me thirty, which was great. And he was saying, you know, in the age of Twitter and the news cycle moving so quickly, we tend to get very impatient with these things. And this is not something that's going to happen overnight. Immediately, yeah. It's, you know, it's going to take some time and it's been a rolling issue. And his take on it was that even if, you know, the United States or Brazil or Colombia don't engage further in terms of more pressure or taking a military option against Maduro, eventually Maduro will collapse on his own. It's just a matter of waiting it out uh, and figuring out how to best manage um, the humanitarian crisis that's going on. So he doesn't think it's sustainable whether we engage further or not, right. which I thought was interesting. So, you know, it's it's a big risk that the administration has taken, but it's not one that came out of nowhere. You know, Maduro's right. been having these kinds of issues for years. Yeah. Uh, you know, the eating zoo animals and rum, you know rummaging through garbage yeah. in the streets has been going on for yeah. at least half, half a decade. Yeah. yeah. So he, his message was, you know, we need to just be patient and let itself out. And right, right now, we don't need necessarily to have another push from the United States. And he stressed this isn't a U.S. initiative. Right. You know, the left is framing it like we're engaged in a coup. We're not. There are 50 other countries. Mm-hmm. And he also made a really important point about the way that South America has flipped its opinion of the United States in the last yeah. couple of years. No more purely Yankee or right. down it's, there. It's, yeah. You know, you have a pro-U.S. government in Colombia, a pro-U.S. Yeah. government in Panama, in Brazil and Argentina, and there's only two countries that aren't on board with getting rid of Maduro, and I think it was Honduras and Nicaragua. And they have uh, like left-wing governments. Right, and even El Salvador is on our side on this. And so this idea that we're going at this alone or that somehow they're being reckless with their decision-making is a leftist talking point. It's not the reality on the ground. So we'll have to see. And one of the things I saw, um, one of the things that was keeping him Oh, you know, around was the support of the military, but now I hear that he's surrounded himself by Cuban troops because he doesn't, he he doesn't, doesn't support his military anymore. <laughs> yeah, so this was interesting too. Um, Senator Rubio was saying that the military itself has not engaged in violence against Venezuelans, mm-hmm. but these gangs of Cubans that are working for Maduro are the ones engaging in yeah. violence against 
Venezuelan citizens and protesters. Yeah. And the military is slowly starting to defect from Maduro okay. because they don't like what they're seeing with these Cuban gangs going after their fellow citizens. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting point to be made. Yeah. In terms of what's going on, you know, and they're going to run out of money eventually yeah. to pay these guys. Yeah. And their families. So, yeah, yeah. it's going to be interesting. Yeah. All right, let's keep it, move it domestic here for a few minutes. Anti-Semitism from the Dems, classic, right? <laughs> yeah. But this is a whole new level. I couldn't believe that she actually said this. Rashida Tlaib said that Boo. she gets a calming feeling when thinking of the Holocaust. She's insane. Yeah. I mean... She's insane. Guys, she's just criticizing Israeli policies. She's not talking yeah. about the Jewish people. Jeez, yeah. way to way to pounce, you two. Pounce. Pounce. She, yeah, Storm right. pounces. Yes, always pouncing. But uh, then she, she is such trash, Didn't man. she then try to equate it to having to do with some sort of like loss of Palestinian land she or something? Made, yeah, like she, made a, yeah. It, it, she made a moral equivalency argument. So this is what she said in full. She said, there's, quote, there's always kind of a calming feeling, I tell folks, when I think of the Holocaust and the tragedy of the Holocaust, and the fact that it was my ancestors, Palestinians, who lost their land, and some lost their lives, their livelihood, their human dignity, their existence in many ways, have been wiped out in some people's passports. So essentially she's equating yeah. the Holocaust to Palestinians, and I'm not exactly sure what she's talking about yeah, when exactly. she's saying yeah. lost their land and their livelihood. I mean, let's take Gaza, for example, yeah. okay? In 2005, Israel gave Gaza back to the Palestinians. Yep. They said they want, didn't want any Jews living there, so they literally ripped Jews out of their homes. Mm -hmm. 8,000 of them were forced to leave their homes behind, gave the land, gave them a bunch of greenhouses, yep. gave them livelihood, everything that they had set up there for it to be an efficient part of the country, they left to them, mm -hmm. and they destroyed it. Hmm. And then they immediately started launching rockets at Israel. Yeah, I was about to say, so and then what did they the get in return? So it's not the Israelis or the Jews who are taking away the livelihood and the land of the Palestinians. In fact, they have gone above and beyond to give it back yeah. as in hopes that they would receive peace in right. response. Yeah. And they haven't done that. And the truth is that in Israel, Arab Israelis have the same rights as Jewish Israelis or Christian Israelis. There's no difference. Mm -hmm. Yes. Is there a difference between a Palestinian who lives in Ramallah, who is not an Israeli citizen, and, and an Arab Israeli citizen, yes, because the difference is that one is a citizen of a sovereign country and one is not. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for yeah. her to do just an equation get, between yeah, it's losing whole, yeah. land, which I'm not, you know, clear on what she's specifically referring yeah. to. Right. I'm like, I don't even know what the And she's almost talking saying about. like, well, I feel fine about the yeah. Holocaust because my people went through the same right. thing. I, I, and I'm glad yeah. that it's equal and I'm glad that the Jews suffered like we did. It's mm -hmm. like, it's what? It's ridiculous. I think she's referring to the whole right of return thing that they, that they want. Yeah, maybe the, the creation of the, the UN Charter that created the state in '47. That it did, again, but it's not the same as it's not the same. It's thing. not the same as a systemic and like state-based destruction of a whole people that the Nazis. Well, and that's the point. You know, it's the right of return. It's land. Relax. The right of return in in terms of what Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib believes in yeah. is destroying Israel That's as it true. is today and yeah, getting yeah, rid of all absolutely. the Jews. Yeah. Like the right of return to her is not setting up a Palestinian government yeah. that governs different kinds of people, including Christians, Arabs, and Jews. Yeah. Her right of return is getting rid of all the Jews in Israel exactly. altogether. Yeah. And that's the difference. Yeah. And I, I think even the most lefty of lefties over in Israel don't even 
wouldn't even support a right to return anyway. No, so, because, because they've it's, seen it, the it, results. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the left exactly. in Israel has completely been destroyed by yeah. them giving up land in yeah. Gaza and seeing the results yeah. of what they've done in terms of their goodwill. Yep. Everyone I mean, knows that all you're going to get is a bunch here. more rockets. Yeah. yeah. 130,000, by the way, paid for by Tehran's credit. Right. Exactly. Oh, is that how many that's there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the north, there's the 130,000 waiting, waiting to be shot over. It's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Jeez. All supplied and it's by downhill. Too. Downhill. Mm. Yeah. yeah not that's ridiculous. not good. Like the Lebanon borders here, yeah. and then there's a valley beneath. Where yeah. the hell but Doc, isn't oh, Nancy Pelosi? I don't know. Well, we're going to figure out. What is she out, doing? Yeah, which, I mean, this is <laughs> Dr. Gorka. Remember, Dr. Gorka said this about six weeks ago when he was on our on our podcast. He was like, there, and he was talking about Ilhan Omar. He thought Ilhan Omar was going to, you know, basically be the tipping point. Yeah. You know, it's her, par- to leave. It's her partner in crime now. Yeah. It's her partner in crime who who reached the boiling point with this anti-Semitism She's stuff. She's like worse. You know, I mean, I thought that Ilhan Omar, I mean, obviously she would probably say something like this, but Tlaib but this yeah. is the one that, that threw. Like, Tlaib <laughs> saying this quote is not like she said it no, of course. incorrectly yeah. or I mean, she could have articulated it differently. This yeah. is what she believed She's in. A, then the issue of classic uh, clarification yeah. quote. Yeah. No. What is yeah. that? Yeah. You said the correct thing first. Yeah. You said the correct thing first. Yeah. So anyway. Okay, so Lindsey Graham. It, Lindsay 2.0 hopefully never reverts to 1.0 <laughs> red pilled uh, Lindsay yes <laughs> he is working on declassifying a bombshell document that proves that authorities knew that the Steele dossier lacked credibility and then they repeatedly testified before the FISA court that it was credible yeah John Solomon had this in, in, the, in the hill about a couple days prior to the, the FISA warrant being issued for Carter Page there was a you know how there's so many assistant directors of whatever over there at the mm-hmm. DOJ wrote in her notes that it was biased. It was basically because Chris, Chris Steele told told them all this that right. it was biased, and he had a deadline. He was, said specifically, "I need all this to come out before election day." When hadn't Chris Steele and been they still fired went already? and still got the the FISA warrant? Hadn't Christopher Steele been fired at that point when she was taking these notes for leaking to the media as an asset for the FBI, and then they still used it? I. I think that's I, the timeline. I think so. I would have to check. But. Yeah. Either way, the FBI knew that it was. Remember that they, right. they, 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 they Yeah. Did every single time McCabe, Line McCabe was up there. Did you verify the v- dossier? I'm not going to discuss that. Well, Lindsey Graham <laughs> well, said. No, 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 no. <laughs> Lindsey Graham why. said the bottom line is the dossier has never been independently confirmed, and said the FBI was on notice that their confidential informant went to the Department of State to urge the Department of State to take the dossier and leak it to the public to affect the election. That's about as sick as it gets. Well, and that's my big yeah. question now. So the Department of State hasn't really been wrapped up in a lot of this mm-hmm. until yeah. now. And yep. the question is, you know, what were Hillary Clinton's lackeys at the State Department doing to make sure that the State Department, on top of the Department of Justice and the FBI, were used as a political weapon against a political campaign? Remember Evelyn Sarkis? Farkas? Yes. Farkas. Yeah, Farkas. Um, Farkas. Yeah. And she admitted <laughs> at the end of the Obama presidency that they were sending a bunch of Russia stuff and getting a bunch of Russia information because they wanted to give it yeah. in order to use it against the Trump campaign because yeah. they were, quote, worried that he was a Russian asset. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. there are big questions about what that information was being used for and why they were compiling it and who directed them to do it. Yeah. Were Hillary Clinton's staff members on her campaign in contact with the State Department to ask them to do certain things? Yeah. Well, I'm sure I mean, that they were. Uh, who I'm was sure the Secretary were, of State? Yeah. She, oh, yeah. Hillary Clinton. Yeah, yeah. You don't think people who are still there? <laughs> I was about to say there was definitely yeah. still people there. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. she was using the State Department as an extension of her campaign 
to get opposition research on President Trump and to use a government again, another government yeah. agency to go after him. It's but, insane. Yeah. Oh, as if the that's Clinton a whole Foundation other can was enough. over there. It's <laughs> a whole yeah, other exactly. can of worms yeah. at the State Department. Oh the IG gosh. report's going to be fun. Come, yeah. Coming in June, folks. Coming we, in June. We've heard that so many times. It's going to be like Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally. I mean, this, yeah, this report was supposed to come out like last May. I know. But and month after month after month, like, oh, it's There's coming soon. Of, oh, it's coming soon. A lot of bad sc- stuff. Whereas I guess. say it's going to be scorching. I hope so. so. I hope so. <laughs> we hope so. We will see. Um, yeah, okay, so real quickly here, a new poll came out over the weekend. A vast majority of likely U.S. voters is in agreement that the U.S. government should be deporting individuals who overstay their visas. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And 51% said that the government is not aggressive enough in finding those who have overstayed their visas and sending them home. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is good. That should, I mean, that that's a positive, by the way, the, the real reason is that's a positive improvement yes. over where it was before. Yeah. Um, especially the 51% part of saying the government's not aggressive enough. So I think it's time to start up the deportation force. Yeah, I don't know. I agree. Remember that when they were all like, oh, yeah. Trump's going to have an evil deportation force, just like the SS going through door to door. I'm and like, then, well, and then he kept poking the bear when he was on uh, with um, Joe Scarborough. There might be a deportation yeah. force. I'm not. I don't know. There could be. There could not be. But there will be some sort of force mm-hmm. that rounds these people up. I mean, I mean they should be. I right. mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Like you're abusing our laws. Yeah. They disappear. We don't know who they are. We don't know what they're doing. They're from a, a lot of these people who are overstaying their visas are from countries that don't have the best governments and, mm-hmm. and again don't know who they are and what their intentions are and the entire reason why we have a visa system is in order to make sure that we know who's in the country and this is one of the biggest problems on top of illegal border crossings overstayed visas is actually the biggest problem we have with our immigration system yeah yep they and come legally and then they're illegal yep and, and speaking, the 9-11 hijackers, didn't they? Yes. Pretty sure yeah. they overstayed their visas on purpose, knowing, knowing right. they wouldn't be deported. Right. Yeah. So, Speaking of immigration, new video, well, resurfaced video, shows Joe Biden talking in 2006, he was then a senator, about building a border wall oh. and punishing employers that employ illegal aliens, presumably through E-Verify. And that was not a small project. I think he wanted like 700 miles or something. Oh, yeah. They it wanted was, basically the full wall. Basically the full wall. And so the exact quote was, but let me tell you, we can build a fence 40 stories high unless you change the dynamic in Mexico, and you will not like this, and punish American employers who knowingly violate the law when they in fact hire illegals. Unless you do those two things, all the rest is window dressing. Right. Uh, Enforcement on different levels yeah. is exactly what the Trump administration has been trying to do. Yep. Yep. It was Obama who oh, voted God. for the Fed. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer. It was Dick Durbin was on the Senate oh, floor yeah. Harry complaining about how the Fence Act actually wasn't enough fencing yeah. and that they needed more to actually mm-hmm. solve the problem. Yep. But no, yeah. it's racist. Now. Gotta, so, let them all in. Yeah. Biden's got a lot of great quotes. Remember, he's going to put you all back in chains. Yeah. That was a good one. Yep. That's why everyone's like, oh, he's a great guy. I'm like, oh, really? Accusing mm-hmm. an entire population yeah. of wanting uh, to enslave fellow God. Americans as a happy-go-lucky good guy we should just tolerate? Yeah. No, thanks. At first, you know, I was a little bit concerned about Joe Biden, but the more and more <laughs> that this has been going on yeah. with You're all concerned. of his past yeah. and... <laughs> And his inability to even give a speech without one yeah. 20-minute speech without slurring his words. He yeah, he is going to have 
a very tough time. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna need like when you go to the dentist, you know, Mister Thirsty. He's gonna need Mister Thirsty in his mouth to make sure he doesn't slur. Or well, <laughs> even if he gets the nomination, which I don't think we'll he will. see. He's no, peak, I man. think he's going to. I don't know. I don't know that there's anyone that's it's either be able Bernie to stop or Biden. Him. Yeah, and, <laughs> white guys. Yeah, <laughs> which is hilarious. Exactly. That's gonna push off. A, if he gets the nomination, it's going to push off a good portion of the hefty left. All the yeah. millennials are going to stay home. Yeah. And, That'd be great. And we and joke about their... <laughs> MAGA CAG 2020. Yeah. MAGA CAG? Yeah. I mean... Well, because we don't want to let MAGA go. So. Right. Yeah. MAGA CAG. But you MAGA also have, you have a case where Trump's going to be out there doing same, same, four, but different. four or five <laughs> yeah, rallies no a day. there's no way Joe Biden can keep up with Trump. This is going to be there's the same no as way. Hillary. Where, yeah, you know, there's no way he can keep up. And then he'll probably get sick. Where's Joe? <laughs> and have a cough. Yeah. You remember that? And then... <laughs> Fall apart at the 9/11 memorial, like Hillary. With Hillary when she yeah. fell, when she passed so, out. Yeah. I think I think we're going down the same road here. No one, no one can trump Trump. No. It's like he's not going to let that happen. Yeah. Trump would rather die than lose to Joe Biden. Yep, it's true. And that's why when people There's are like, too much "Well, Trump man. may not run for a second term," I'm like, no, he's going to run for yeah. a second term. Are you kidding? Term. Whenever people are yeah. like, "He hates his job," I'm like, yeah. "Are you serious?" Yeah. yeah. You guys he clearly, clearly have no this. idea how he operates because he loves this job. Right, and he like, knows that that's the, a dumb thing to say. That's mm-hmm. like a, a wishful thinking that like he'll just quit. Mm-hmm. Not happening. Exactly. He's, he's going to be the richest former living president in 2024. Yep. 2025. No, 2025. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe, maybe, maybe he could stay longer than that. Okay, Matt. Yeah. Well, that's my favorite theory: is Trump's not going to give up <laughs> He's power. Not give I'm up like, power. Uh, ever. Yeah. Yeah. While we have like election truthers like Stacey Abrams and uh, Kamala Harris I saying know. that we we and no Hillary. longer and Hillary, yeah, saying the election was stolen we from her. We no longer need to concede elections, guys. That's the yeah. left. <laughs> real quickly new here. rules as Kurt says. Exactly. New, new rules. rules. Yeah. New rules. Uh, two quick final topics here. Yeah. Women are supposedly in opposition to Trump. That's the, the mainstream narrative. media narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but we come to find out, not exactly true. Oh, yeah. Not exactly true. Not true. I mean, women can think for themselves. <laughs> yes. Not in a monolithic yeah. leftist block all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, new FEC filing data shows that more women donated to President Trump's re-election <laughs> campaign in the first quarter of the year than any of the 2020 Democrats. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, there's probably a lot of reasons for that. Yeah. <laughs> a, the economy. B, mm-hmm. security. Yeah. C, the left has gone insane when it comes yeah. to the women's issue. Mm-hmm. Abortion. Bush, you know, women abortion, don't like late-term abortion. That's what they've been pushing. Yeah. And also, the women's march has been the talking point for everybody. And they act like the women's march ladies represent all of us, and they don't. And we don't want anything to do with their anti-Semitic yeah. trash. Yep. Yeah, and not to it's mention loaded that with a bunch of not. It's called it's called the Nazi march. Just just be honest with her there with yeah. the South Store there. Yeah, it's just the her Nazi, it's the Nazi Rashida, march. Or what's her name? Um, Rashi- oh, the, Farrakhan's uh, friend. Oh well, man, there you go. I know who you're talking. You about. You mean I can't far right it. wing right wing leader Farrakhan <laughs> yeah. as the yeah. Atlantic? <laughs> yeah, the Washington Post. I, just oh, what's your I have name? no patience for the all women narrative. Like we're not this. We don't have to vote a certain way because we're quote women, and you don't speak for me. Well, yeah. also the Dem front runners are creep. So yeah. there's that. That too. <laughs> yeah. Sniffing hair. Yeah. Sniffy, creepy yeah. Joe Biden. Sit on my lap. <laughs> that's, that's true. The biker, <laughs> the biker picture. Chick, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, those guys are. You know, not Mark Halperin used to do that, and uh, he doesn't have a job anymore. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's Mark true. Halperin, sit on my lap, Mark. That's true. And so 
The numbers are going up. Women, up, tremendous. Up, up. The women, they love me. That's I mean, what Dan Ron Daniel. Yeah, I mean, she's done a really good job. Yeah, of, oh, is. hugely that great job. Done a good job. Also dropping that name off of her last name. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> the left has always argued that Trump's anti-women, but he puts his money where his mouth is. Like yeah. Kellyanne Conway is the first female to ever w- successfully win a presidential campaign. Yes, they give they, her yeah. no credit for that. They got no she's credit. been out in front as the face of the administration, and people can see that. You know, Sarah Sanders is the same. I mean. He has the. He's, uh, done, yeah. he's put women in positions, and he's doing it rather than talking about it, which but, I think yeah. women actually. Let's not appreciate. forget the uh, the CIA first female CIA right, director. Right. Exactly. Yep. So, so yeah, you know, the these... left really likes to you know they complain about tokenism, but all they do all day is tokenism. Yeah. Look, we have a a woman running for this position yeah. and a, da, da, yeah. this position and blah blah blah, and it's like yeah. we just put people in positions because they're qualified, and if they happen to be women or people of color or whatever, yeah, we let the results speak for themselves, and they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all the identity yeah. politics. Bl- like, oh, we can't. I think people for, are for so HUD. sick of that. We got to pick an Asian guy for HUD. We just have to. There's no Asians. In- yeah. <laughs> That's the bean counting left well, for you. Speaking of identity politics, so yeah. one quick last story here before we wrap up the show. Here in D.C., there's been quite the outrage on social media because <laughs> some <laughs> worker, some metro worker, yeah. was eating a full-blown meal yep. on the train. <laughs> that causes rats. People. Not allowed, folks. No yes, rats not allowed. allowed. Which is against the rules. Against the rules. Not allowed, right? Yep. So, someone, one of the customers, a rider, yeah. took a picture and tweeted it. Yeah. Right? Criticizing that yeah. worker for breaking the rules while the riders are expected to follow the rules. Yeah. Next, then, it blows up into this huge race and gender thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where they're like, you're just criticizing her because she's black and a woman. I'm like, what? Oh my God. That's such what? an excuse for bad behavior. Yeah. Yes. They yeah. use yes. it as an excuse to cover yeah. up bad behavior. It's ridiculous. Actually, you're breaking the rules as someone who works for Metro and you yeah. should know better. Yep. But instead of just taking responsibility for your actions, you're blaming everybody else of being sexist and racist. And it's an excuse for bad behavior. And it's bogus. And that's the usual. And it drives yeah. me crazy. Yeah. Even worse the person who did the tweeting is now the one being attacked yep. on social media and lost their book deal. Absolutely outrageous. Yeah. Crazy. Yep. Honestly, isn't it also the, there's a little bit of irony here? Like, she tweeted that photo. No one thought that. But you people, I'm talking to the left, you people. Yeah. You people. <laughs> you people were the one that brought in the black element and the woman element yeah. into this whole mess. Who's the, the real racist? Yeah. Exactly. Who's the real racist and who's like, the real sexist? Talk about and face by full of buckshot. Way, Someone who is on Metro's payroll is on the taxpayer payroll in D.C. Yeah. Yes. It's not a private enterprise. Right. So taxpayers are paying your salary. And the riders. Follow the rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the riders. Yeah. Follow the rules and just take responsibility for it. That's a fireable offense. Well, we've, and yeah. they didn't fire you. And instead, you're firing this woman and getting yeah. rid of her book deal. Like, that's insane. We've gotten to a point now where if it's not special treatment, it's... There's, Which people claim they don't want. Yeah. They claim they right, want to be right, treated right. equally. Mm-hmm. But exactly. then when it comes down to it, exactly. they do want to be treated specially. Exactly. They don't want to follow the rules. No equal they want treatment. To make up, you yeah. know, women do that all the time. Equal treatment to them is special treatment. It's yes. Like, oh, Above you're being and sexist. Yeah. It's like, no, you just didn't do a good job. Yes. Just do better next time. Hell yes. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It drives me so yeah, insane. Better luck next time. It's like, no, don't use. And it, and it downplays real racism and real sexism. When yeah. you use it as an excuse to cover up bad behavior. Yep. Yep. It makes me so We crazy. should... 
get Storm in a Wamada uniform, you should eat like like a like a cheesesteak, and then oh and, and I, I should tweet it and see if there's any hate yeah. towards me or Micah. Micah can tweet it or something. Yeah, this look, white look, guy. Look at this white metro worker <laughs> yeah. eating and breaking the rules. Yeah, look at this white cis male. Yeah, probably, you know, probably be like, fire him! Yeah. That would be the reaction. You gotta get the Asian the reaction. Yeah. yeah, actually, yeah, we should send Madden for that Madden Asian for privilege. That. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah all right. Well, let's, let's leave it at that. <laughs> no, no, I got something. On that note, we're going to leave <laughs> for today. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Thanks, thanks Katie, guys. for being here. Yes, of thanks, course. Katie. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Give As us, uh, we appreciate all your ratings on iTunes, Poppy, and Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at TriggerTHM. And online, TriggeredPodcast.com. We'll see you guys tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Tomorrow and Woo-hoo. Thursday. And Extra Thursday. Episode. I might not be here Thursday. Oh, you're going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll catch you then. Where are you going to be, Matt? I'm going to be in... <laughs> Just kidding. You're not going to play. We're trying the show. <laughs> oh, but that always happens. Matt but, always wants to drag the show on for what? like 20 minutes. I, I, I like talking. Like, I'm a people person. I like talking. Yeah. Except Micah doesn't, like Mike doesn't want to talk. All, okay, all sorry. Mike never wants to talk. It's okay. No, it's okay. You can take a bite. Yeah, it's okay. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> see you then. Oh,